Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. This is episode 208, and we're going to be talking the 2019 year in beer and beers for the new year. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host Brian Hewitt and the Becky Smalls. Hello, hello. Wow. The Becky Smalls. The Becky Smalls. In, the in one studio. and only in studio. A rare treat for us here, Brian. It is. Yes. Yeah. So how's your week going? It's us. It's us this week. Yeah. So We're this... recapping the news, the great events of 2019. This is our last show of the year. Indeed. Joining us, we have ourselves. Ourselves. It's fantastic. Yes. So it's been a crazy, uh, crazy busy week. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, the crux of the holiday season, I guess, as it right. were. So a uh, little bit of uh, running around pre-Christmas over to uh, Tucker to drink some quiet, crispy boys. And, some uh, lagers. Yeah, some lagers. A little Schwartz beer action, you know, now some you, coffee. You know, one thing Tucker Brewing is known for is it's a very family-friendly brewery. Sure. They do a lot of German-style lagers. They've got a large beer garden, a large area for the kids to play. And we found out that if you're not all about the kids in the brewery, pick a rainy Saturday the week before Christmas at about 5.30, yeah. <laughs> no kids. Oh, that's good to know. That's the way to do Very it. Very good to know. So just keep that in mind. Once a year, you can make it happen. They're building a kitchen over there. They're going yeah. to start doing food. Uh, so that's going to be kind of cool. That was super cozy in there. I didn't realize like when it's not really bright outside and you don't have people running around playing, it's really cozy in there. They they just need a fireplace, just a big fireplace and maybe a rug or some rocking chairs, and it would just be perfect. But and it looked like the place that should have a fireplace, didn't it? Yeah, it kind of did. Yeah. Very festive. They had it all decorated up. Looked really nice. So, what was your favorite beer there? You know, I think the slow pour pilsner. They had just started doing those slow pours like the day before we got there, and uh, yeah, that pilsner on the slow pour. I just wanted to sit there and drink those the rest of the night. Mine was the Schwartz beer. I really enjoyed that one. That was good. And the Schwartz beer without coffee was better. I also enjoyed that a great deal, but nothing made me want to sit down and drink like that uh, slow pour pilsner. Slow pour crispies, right? And I have to agree with you. The coffee in the sh- in the uh, the Schwartz beer, a little over the top. It actually uh, took a little bit away from the beer. Great coffee flavor. Well, that's though, because so. you've got the dark roasty flavors yep. there, but they're pretty delicate in a Indeed. Schwartz beer. And the coffee just, uh, I think even at a lesser level, it would take away from the intricacies of a Schwartz beer. 
Even at a lesser level, you I think, think so. Even turned down that would, a whole That's lot. my personal okay. opinion. Just give me the straight-up Schwartzman. I think there's a place where it could all work Well, of course you do, Brian. Yeah, I of think Of course so. you do. Smalls, what have you been getting? We haven't seen you in a while. You've no. been running all over the country. I, I've been traveling a lot more with the new day job. It's I get to travel the whole U.S. now as opposed okay. to just Florida, so I'm thrilled about that. And I all get the to, beer. All the beer. I get to check out cooler breweries now we're going to have a couple of those on in 2020 cool i'm not going to say who i'm not going to spoil it but yeah i'm just looking forward to next year too where i'm going to get to go see some more stuff on the west coast we are booked up well into 2020 already yes we are we're ahead of schedule here good place to be yeah it is yeah not some cool stuff coming up i'm looking forward to it i really am so tim beers of the week what are we drinking here crack open a cold one it's the truck and tap beer of the week Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, Brian, we have a great list. And mixing in with our beer review, as I mentioned, we're going to talk beers for New Year's. And a lot of people choose to go for champagne. But no, we're going to go for Saison's. Golden Ales, light, bubbly, fruitily, 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 yeah. sparklily, sparklily, fruitily, <laughs> bubbly. Yes. So, you know, there are, there's a lot of beers out there that can substitute for a champagne. Sure. And a lot of them come in, you know, 750 milliliter bottles. So you still have the big bottle for the pop, the cork. A lot of them come corked, you know, summer capped. But if you do it right with the bottle opener, you can make it look like you're popping a cork there. Have a sure. good time with it. Take it around port for all, all your friends. So what we've got on the docket for today, the classic Saison DuPont. We've got to have that there. Yes. We also have this special Avec Les Bon View from Saison DuPont. We have the Blackberry Farms Classic Saison Prairie Vue Francais, which is a Brett Saison. We have Jester King Provenance, yes. I believe it is. One with of, lemon and lime. With lemon and lime. And we got some Duvel and Brian. Yeah, we get one other too, don't we? We have the <laughs> champagne of beers. We do. We do. So shout out to our buddy Nick. Yes. Who is a big fan of this. But for the holidays they put it in a champagne bottle, so we figured Why not? Why not, man? If you're feeling macro occasionally, we'll allow this one. We really should have gotten champagne flutes, and I have oh, had yeah. some saisons out of a champagne flute. I've done that. It works. It actually, you see the bubbles. It's it's nice. People, uh, they can't tell. I typically do that for the New Year's toast. Yeah. You know, you get the champagne flutes out there. That way, those who definitely want their champagne can have it. Everybody can have their glasses. So Absolutely. Brian, you want to tell us a little more about why we chose to go with uh, saisons? for new year's and we're mixing it up a little bit this yeah. week normally we do our news segment here but the whole show is going to be about reviewing the big stories this year so we're going to share a little bit about why we chose these beers so in the reason why is they're light they're effervescent they're very festive so you know the idea is it's going to be a good stand-in for your champagnes it's going to be you know or your brutes or whatever you want to your sparkling wines so it's it's a beer to celebrate with it's light Depending on which one you choose, in one case we've got one that's only four percent or three point nine percent. It's not. It's something you can uh, drink a fair amount of and not have to worry about wearing a lampshade at the end of the evening. So I guess um, depends because saisons typically gonna, are going to fall four to six ish sure. ballpark, right? Typically, typically. They have a great presentation. As you said, a lot of times you get them in wineish or champagne-looking bottles, the 750s, the cork and cage. Though increasingly we found, especially this year, I'm seeing a lot of uh, Saison's in either 12-ounce bottles or even cans, which is crazy to me. Uh, a Saison is one of those beers I think that really always belongs in a, uh, a 750, typically, at least. So 
also very versatile. You know, you can pair it with just about anything. Chicken, mussels, charcuterie, a tart dessert. And I've even seen that it's good with raclette, Tim. I'm down with that. Oh, yeah. We can find that. we can experiment with that and find out. I was going to say something. I was going to, because I think you have a raclette maker. I do have a little raclette. I was going to ask yeah. you to bring that and actually make some raclette here, but see, I, tr- I skipped my mind. <laughs> I thought the one that I had was kind of a hoopty one, I guess, would be the term that I thought. It's like this little tray, and you put tea lights under it yeah. and melt the raclette. But I saw a picture of someone in Switzerland that was like doing a, a picnic lunch in the Alps. And they had the same little thing. I guess maybe it's just a little portable. And I, we've used it. We've tried it. It works really well. You get the raclette cheese and put it on there. The little tea lights will melt it right up, and you just ooze it out all over your potatoes and, and have a good time. So with you it. were kind of expecting there was an industrial kitchen version of that with a big conveyor belt and like well, blow torches. Have you seen? <laughs> yes. Have you seen the way they do raclette like at a restaurant, the way they can do these? I don't. So think you so. get like a. I've seen them where they have a wheel, like this wheel of cheese. It's what, a foot, foot and a half oh, around? Oh, it's huge. Yeah. And they have these big blow torch things. <laughs> <laughs> that melts the very top of this, like the picture of the circle setting up on its edge and splitting the cheese wheel in half. And so they roast that whole top layer of the raclette, and then they got a big spatula knife, and they just slather it off there onto your plate. That sounds great. Yeah. Do you know, speaking of the blowtorch, there are now drones that have, like, fire throwers on them. So they basically have blowtorches. I saw a video of it that was shared somewhere and that makes me think we well, need drones to deliver raclette so they can blowtorch it to, okay. above your head and just slice it onto your plate and then move along. I think that raclette sounds drones. very reasonable. Right? Actually, yeah. It's absolutely. it's the innovation we didn't know we were waiting for, Tim. So everybody needs it, you know. And I'm a big fan of saisons. They're versatile, like you said. Yeah. They go with a lot of different things. The flavors are are pretty crisp and palate cleansing. So you can go a lot of ways with it. Depending on the Absolutely. saison you get, you're going to get those fruity flavors. Sure. You're going to get some funky, some earthy character, uh, hay-like. Some Phenolics. may bring the phenolic, you know, the clove, cardamom, black pepper, spicy, Belgian, French saison. So there's just a lot of flavor there. But not over the top like some of the bigger, heavier Belgians. It's a lot lighter. Right. All, are, all those yeah. flavors are lighter. They're going to be noticeable in there, but they're going to be lighter in character. As a rule of thumb, now, saisons, people get crazy with those. They go sure. all over the place. But your standard basic saison is going to be in that ballpark. That You're listening good. to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more of the Beer and Review and Beers for New Year's. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, God, here we go again. Dork alert. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you miss an episode, don't worry. All episodes are available as a podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and never miss a show. 
Now let's get back to the 2019 year in beer. The year in beer. So much happened this year. Yeah. When we went back looking at it to see what all the big stories were of the year, it just reminded me of all the big stuff that did happen this year. A ton of it. And a lot of it, it's not even digging too far back. It's all just getting over, basically, all the huge stories. Quite a bit of stuff. As we sample through here, as we get ready to dig into the news, we have enjoyed Cezanne DuPont, the classic Belgian Cezanne. We've just opened the Blackberry Farms classic, actually, is what that one's yep. called, Belgian style. Both very good Cezanne. So. One-handed, you have to imagine. I did. Yeah. Opened one hand, open that one-handed. That was a, I'm imp- I impressed myself. I don't know if anybody else would be impressed, but... It didn't cause too much property damage either. So. No, not yeah, too much. Not too bad good. at all. Well, Brian, what are we starting off with here, man, of our big beer news of 2019? I think the uh, the place to start off with, one of the big things, is the big buys. So there were a lot of people purchasing breweries, uh, breweries selling out or being bought by uh, by other concerns. You know, one of the big ones was the recent uh, selling of New Belgium to Kieran's subsidiary Little Lion World Beverages. So what made that particularly interesting, other than it being New Belgium and that being huge, is that Kieran is part owner in Myanmar Brewing, which apparently, directly or indirectly, funds military-led genocide in, in Myanmar. So, I mean, they're doing it. So the question is, is this a mistake? Because it hasn't completed. It's going to be completed by the end of this year. This and that, year. Well, that was something that I didn't hear anything about until I think we discussed it maybe on last week's show. The yeah. news had just kind of broke on that happening. And, uh, I mean, it's a big thing in motion there. I don't know what they'll do. I don't know if it'll change anything there. Yeah, and that's my thought. The employees voted for it. There's ethical considerations, but it's not clear as to how directly connected this sale is to that. And I don't know. I, I really, this is a tough call, but uh, they had they stood to make some money, which good for them. It's retirement money. It's something that's going to keep them, uh, you know, fed when they're older. So uh, here's my thought. I think this pressure might get Kieran to just get out of Myanmar to uh, soon see them step away from that brewery and, and cut ties. And if that happens, then this, I think, is a win. I think this overall works for both parties. New Belgium needs the money. They need the support. And everybody else needs them to get out of Myanmar. <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to politics and foreign countries and that, everybody has different opinions on that. So, you know, it could sure. be totally different viewpoint uh, from Karen as to what others may think. Another recent big deal was uh, Constellation selling Ballast Point to Chicago-based Kings and Convicts, which is still... <laughs> I think everybody's mind is still blown it's, on that one. Yes. But, uh, man, Ballast Point, they were sinking. 13% down in 2017, 15% down in 2018. It was undisclosed how much was paid, but uh, I think it was you, Tim, that was telling me that it was probably between 60 and $75 million for a brewery that sold... What in was it fifteen for up one billion dollars? Sixteen for one billion dollars. Oh, so wow. yeah, there were discussions online, and some people that claimed to be kind of close to people there said that they had heard that they'd brought it down, you know, like seven percent, seven and a half percent from what its original value was, which would put it at the you know the seventy five seventy five yeah. million dollars there. So yeah, that sale completes at the end of fiscal year twenty twenty. So. Uh, are they craft now? I guess this makes I them guess craft beer. Yeah. yeah, they were, then they weren't, then they are again. 
And I think the big point of speculation is, are they going to survive? Is this the, the last stop on the bus to extinction, basically? You know, we're just seeing such a huge change in the way craft beer is is consumed, not just drank, but consumed and purchasing in that. And I guess drank as well. But, you know, there was a point, Ballast Point hit a point where they were literally breaking open barrels and dumping them down the drain Crazy. of beer. You know, because when they were purchased... That was a big boom time in beer, but it was also a big time for expansion for these regional and nationwide breweries, just going out, uh, breweries buying locations on the opposite coast, you know, going from east to west and vice versa. A couple of those have been canceled or sold. Yeah. You know, we saw Green Flash with sure. uh, with Virginia Beach and people, are, there's so many choices out there. It's really hard to set yourself apart and it's really hard for people to have a passion about your brand. Another thing with Ballast Point, they were... What eighteen dollars for a six pack? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, and this was years ago too. Yeah, when everything else was cheaper, they were a good three or four dollars more than your local beer, which was not a big deal when they were the best thing in town. But they're not the best thing in town anymore, right? And when we went to recently went into a once very very popular bottle shop in Atlanta, and the beer selection was pretty weak. And we talked to you know one of the managers there, and he said, "Yeah, we're we're really struggling with deciding what to put on the shelves here." He's like, "There's just so much. We're trying to decide what gets shelf space. You know, what do people want?" And looking at all of that, and it's a it's a tough thing because people are going to the local breweries and drinking local beers a lot more. I have to wonder. I'm like, I know a lot of it's probably the the push towards local, but I also wonder if Constellation just horribly managed you know ballast point in general just didn't know how to run that at all i'm wondering how much of an impact i'm sure that that had some impact in it but when you've got a brand like ballast point there that's already known a combination of things there brian i think but uh you know the thing that really got me is constellation didn't seem to care a whole lot is the thing (laughs) They lost nine hundred million dollars on this, and, and they're they like, "All right, be faced by and it. it's a tax actually, write-off. It's yeah. just a tax write-off." Because <laughs> I actually made the comment that they were going to focus their energies on, I think, their import brands and uh, seltzer, didn't they? Yeah, they got a Corona seltzer that they're excited about so, bringing to market. Yeah, yeah. they're excited Crazy. about that. They're like, "So what? Nine hundred million dollars? Oh well." Here's one that happened earlier in the year. Sam Adams basically bought or, quote, merged with uh, Dogfish Head. And uh, so Sam Adams basically paid $300 million in, uh, I think, cash and uh, ownership shares of, of the company to the founders of Dogfish Head to buy them out. So that was a that was a surprising, but of all the buyouts I've seen, probably the least unsettling. I don't think there was a lot of backlash to that necessarily that i saw it seemed like well i think we all generally like both companies pretty well they have yeah, no one has anything, anything against those companies any, really anybody angry so like that seemed like an all right like, okay yeah, situation no, no feathers were ruffled i think in that one so with the merger brian with both companies and uh, do they still maintain the size to be craft so when that news broke, I had in my notes that there were the rumors were what was being speculated was somehow both of those were going to maintain a craft status, and I don't know how that works, but I think that there might be some adjustments made to uh, retain them as quote unquote craft. So, you know, we've got another one. We've got, uh, of course, founders is a lot in the news this year. They sold their entire ownership to Mahu San Miguel. That was a, a pretty big deal at the time. Um, 
I didn't. I don't think that that was as big a uh, news, a, an attention grabber. Some of the more recent news that they've had, but uh, we've also got uh, AB InBev. This is a fun are you, one. Are you saving that other news for later in the discussion? I was Brian? thinking we might yeah. get to that other news a bit okay. later. It's a okay. Se- there's a section following for a, a timeline. He's, he's got there. it broken down. Yeah. I see. Okay. <laughs> trying Fair to enough. fit it Fair in. Enough. Trying to All fit right. it in. We've got uh, the the fun part about AB InBev. Not buying Craft Brew Alliance and then buying Craft and then Brew they Alliance. Did. That's right. That That's one. Right. That one was fun because they basically uh, paid twenty million dollars, walked away, let the stock tank, came back, saved a hundred million dollars, and bought on on purchasing all the rest of the stock because it tanked. So right, brilliant move, but kind of a little devious. Well, see, that's what I said too. I'm like, well, this is kind of a skunky move to do this. But some others had brought up. They're like, it's probably more a situation of they got to a point where they saw them losing this value, and they didn't want to lose their investment. So they're like, it's in our better interest to make this purchase than it is to let it die. And that's right. That's a good point because they did have like 31.3% ownership. And so they were kind of hurting themselves to save a bunch of money. So, and of course, AB InBev also earlier this year bought Ohio's platform beer company. Didn't hear a lot about that, really. It just happened yeah, and just it moved on. just kind of went on. Yeah. There were others that were bigger movers and, and noisemakers, I think, that sure. took, up, uh, took up the spotlight there. But... Lots of acquisitions and sales in craft beer. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more beer in review and New Year's beers. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Is your brewery or restaurant flooring all jacked up? Your foundation needs to be protected from heat, chemicals, and other contaminants. At the same time, you want to make sure it's slip resistant and you can clean up your messes with soap and water. You know who to call? ResTech. We've been manufacturing poured-in-place flooring since 2002, and we've got solutions to fit any facility's needs. Go on and visit our website at ResTech.net. That's R-E-S-T-E-K.net. Drop us a line and we will come to you for a free evaluation. Oh, yeah. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram i didn't enjoy it at all now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates wwdc hd2 104.7 fm in washington dc catch beer guys radio on wonk fm every saturday at 5 p.m local time now let's get back to the 2019 year in beer the year in beer brian and new year's beers we have moved on to the duvel Yes. A Belgian Golden Ale. I have to say, I think Duvel would be a good option for most for the New Year's beer. Sure. I like the little lighter, crispier of a Saison, I think would be I think my I do personal as well. preference there. But again, large format bottle, very effervescent, you know, sparkling beer. So a little more malt character to that one. 
Indeed. We were talking between the segments, as people know, I do enjoy my cigars. And Duvel and, and Oliva, Connecticut used to be one of my very favorite pairings. And I would still do it if I had any Oliva, Connecticut's on my, but uh, I don't. A and, nice uh, golden yeah. ale and a mild, smooth Connecticut cigar. Yeah. Sounds like a good pairing. It's a good combination. It work, It really works. I bet it would probably do well with any of the saisons. Probably. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, this pairs really well with these dill pork rinds. These rides. spicy dill pork <laughs> rinds. And you are correct. Yeah. The the saisons really go great with that, with the herbal and the earthy character, the palate cleansing. Yeah. The dill and those spicy dill pork rinds really pops, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. So Super aromatic. I'm like, I've never loved dill as much as I love dill right now. Yep. Crazy. World of discovery over here. Well, Brian, this is getting into the fun part of the show here. We had talked briefly or hinted briefly with founders may fall into another segment. This is your big blunders and scandal segment. Yeah, that's of right. The news. So, Brian, uh, what what you going to start off with there? So, I think we have to start with founders, and there's a, there's been a bunch of blunders and a lot of small things where people did Crips and Bloods beers at, at one point. I oh, remember yeah. that. I didn't write oh, yeah. it down, but it was kind of this is dumb. This is just dumb. And uh, Reindeer Kama Sutra recently. Recently, oh, the rain- yeah. Yeah. arguably a blunder in that case. I think it's kind of cool, but uh, it ruffled some feathers. But uh, of course, founders and their ridiculously bad handling of the allegations of racism. So uh, in case you forgot, uh, the manager there uh, claims that they didn't know the dude was black, even though he'd known the guy, and he didn't know his lineage. That was his uh, his explanation for that. I didn't knew know him before he even started That's working right. founders, right? Okay. Yeah, and All he right. says, oh, yeah, I don't, you know, like his ancestry. Didn't know his lineage. Had no idea, so he couldn't tell. if he's Also didn't know if Barack Obama was black. And Nobody Martin Luther does. King, yeah, had Nobody no clue. Does. So, yeah, there was a lawsuit. There had been some stuff that was sounded pretty bad that was happening there. and But the lawsuit was dismissed after the settlement was reached. You know, it was such an amazingly bad situation. Aside from not being racist to begin with, what should founders have done differently, do you think, Tim? Well, the thing with having the guy go up in legal – I don't think it was a deposition or whatever. I don't no. remember the context where this guy said this, but – I don't know what their legal reason was for this, but to to take the stance of I didn't know he was black because I don't know his lineage and all this, it just made things seem ridiculous. Sure. It, it made it seem ridiculous. Founders made a couple other statements that just really blew things off. They didn't really address anything. They just handled it poorly. The PR side, they, they didn't seem as concerned as they should have been yeah. about everything. And even if, in this case, even if you believe you're 100% innocent, you have to make it 100% known that you take it seriously and you're going to address any concerns. I mean, throughout this whole fracas, their director of diversity resigned. You know, yeah. so if the person at your company that's in charge of this says this, that speaks volumes. You know, that says sure. a lot too. So we had uh, Jeremy Kosmicki on not too long before all of this really blew up. Fantastic guy. You know, really nice guy to talk to. The, the Founders has been a very hugely popular brewery. Who knows what actually went on with all of this stuff, but in the public eye, they did not handle it well. My thought was is, uh, one, that that using the I didn't know his lineage, his ancestry, that sort of thing, sounded like you're trying to get away. You know you did wrong, and you're trying to get away on a technicality. The other thing is, is they should have fired somebody. I think in this case, based on what I heard, somebody should have been fired, and for some reason— Apparently, nobody was fired, and I don't understand that. If some of these things were really happening, I'm like, you probably should have let somebody go and announced that you let the offending party go. 
I'm sure it wouldn't you know, make everybody okay with what happened, but it would say, hey, at least you did something. They hired the person to, to handle the uh, race and inclusiveness and all that, who later quit. But hiring somebody wasn't the answer. They needed to get rid of some you know, toxic people there. And I think that, that uh, by not doing that, they showed they weren't really taking it seriously. Right. So Exactly. How much damage has this really done? Are they toast? I mean... I'll be honest with you, man. People are fickle. Yeah. And people will be highly upset about this. There, there will be people who do not forget it. Uh, there will be a lot that do. There are a lot that already have. You know, there, there will probably be bars that continue to boycott them. Founders is a huge brewery, and provided that uh, they keep their nose clean going forward, this will blow over. So it's interesting because they're not craft and they really haven't been craft officially for a long time because they've always been at least like 30% owned by Mahu San Miguel. They're now officially completely owned by Mahu San Miguel and they've done this. It's interesting. They've got a loyalty and I think it's based upon people just love the beer and the nostalgia of it. But in reality, I'm surprised that they've got the following they do, but they're all in all 50 states and I do have a lot of the beers that I really, really like. Sure. You know, it'll they're, be tough not tasty to drink beers. Them. Man, yeah. and that and that's something that us as beer geeks on the inside track of you know beer. What was the percentage this year, Brian? Like eleven percent market share, twelve percent market share for craft beer. We're in a small percentage of that small sure. percentage. We're the guys who watch the news, who who share the news, who talk about it, who see what's released, who care about whether a brewery is craft or non craft. We're a minority. Absolutely. So when we look at that and you say, how much will this really hurt them? Are they craft or not craft? We're such a small percentage that that care. And there's only a few breweries out there that it could really impact. Wicked Weed being one of them. Wicked Weed was a craft beer drinker's craft brewery. That's true. And in Asheville, and we've heard from a few people, it did did impact them. You know, the cell did impact them because I think they were, of all the breweries out there that would have a hard time taking a hit like that, it was Wicked Weed. You know, we've seen Terrapin continues to grow Sure, with their merger. Uh, Goose Island has done extremely well and continued to expand out Surprisingly, there. Surprisingly, yeah. So it's, it's a very small group of people who really care about the craft versus non-craft. And that's, and that's an interesting thing that even the people that are very, very anti-big beer and very much annoyed by people who sell out, you still see these people checking into Bourbon County stouts. Like even no matter what they say, they're still buying that. They're pretending like, oh, I'm I'm a I'm a fudge on this one. No, what are you doing? That's that's where they they make a ton of money off of that. You know, it's funny you say that, Brian, because many times this year I've heard from our news guy that big beer just can't catch a break. That's true. (laughs) 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 You know, big beer can't catch a break. You know, speaking of that we really should get started on that. Uh, one of the ways that Big Beer has not ca- caught a break is the corn syrup the wars, corn Tim. Syrup. That's early, early 2019 early to, yeah, news there, that's but right. still going on. It's still going on. Uh, as of June, the last I think we heard about it, uh, the, a federal judge granted Miller Coors an injunction against AB InBev, saying that AB InBev cannot use the words corn syrup in their advertising without giving more context. So basically they were lampooning, as people probably remember uh, Miller Coors, AB InBev was, uh, for using corn syrup or, you know, corn in their beer. So it's something that's used in a lot of different things. Corn is used in a variety of different beverages, but they're playing on the, I guess say ignorance, but not in a bad way. People just don't realize this. It's used in a lot of beers to lighten them up. And it's not a, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but they're using the negative spin on corn syrup in general as a help from a health standpoint 
to lampoon Miller Coors, and it's sure because it's, breweries yeah. maybe use they may use corn syrup, they may use rice, you know, all have the same thing. They're lighting them up; it ferments, you know, ferments out there. So absolutely. So speaking of Miller Coors, they're very much in this year's news. They have had some serious financial trouble, and they've had some issues with restructuring. They closed their office in Denver, moving their North American headquarters to Chicago, cut four hundred jobs. Pete Coors has retired or is retiring. I, I don't remember when his retirement actually took place. And their stock price hit like a five-year low in July and was downgraded at the time by a lot of financial analysts. So Miller Coors is taking it hard. They're getting beat up pretty good. They're doing some bad things, too. They're not innocent here, but they're not catching a break, too. They're not catching a break. No. They can't catch a break. Absolutely. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take another break, but we'll be back up to wrap up the 2019 year in beer. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram be the man you gotta beat the man Woo! now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag commercial free episodes and even bonus episodes that aren't available anywhere else now let's get back to the 2019 year in beer. Brian, we are about to wrap up the year in beer, the year in beer guys radio. We're getting close to wrapping things up here for our final beer of the show. We have Cezanne Dupont's Evecle Bon View. Yes. And the literal translation there is with good wishes, but basically it means best wishes. And it's their holiday beer. It is a bigger and bolder version of Cezanne Dupont. And uh, we're enjoying that right now. And that you open that, I it's believe it's a bigger you and it bolder with, bottle. Too. It's a one and a half liter. Yeah. And this is definitely a celebratory size. Absolutely, they've changed up the label, and I'm going to be honest, I don't think I like it as well. I like the old like it was a yellow classic look calligraphy, right. it, yes, like old parchment look to it. This is nice though. I like that I could find it. It was a little challenging to find it this year. I wouldn't expect that label from Dupont though. I would not. That have doesn't either. look like a Duponti label but the beer is still tasty we're enjoying it and brian you have some more beer news stories for us we do we do so the next big thing of the year was the ludicrous growth of both hard seltzer and non-alcoholic beer people focus on the one but they forget that non-alcoholic beer is also you know jumping up creeping there. on a come up as That's, they say that is right that is right so i'm gonna I actually we'll start with the non-alcoholic beer sales for non-alcoholic beer were up 17.7 percent in 2019 give a little shout out to athletic beer company who were on the show earlier this year 
The the big boys have produced at least three new non-alcoholic beers this year. You got Heineken 0.0, Pabst Blue Ribbon non-alcoholic, and apparently Hogarden Soft Brew was also released this year. So there's a lot of attention and interest in non-alcoholic beverages. So I don't know. Is there ever a time for you that you're going to drink non-alcoholic beer? You just if you want a beer, you want a beer, or do you see yourself drinking some non-alcoholic beers? No, I mean, like I, I was like, talking about this with my boyfriend the other day. I'd rather drink kombucha. Like if the ones that are okay. flavored, they remind me of like a Berliner or something like that. If I, I want to get that kind of carbonation, but no, give me the alcohol. I'll be honest. You know, there could be, Brian. Sometimes I may be out for dinner. Maybe, you know, if I have to drive, if I'm somewhere where I have to drive, then I I would want a non-alcoholic beer. Maybe all my friends are having one. I will say as more non-alcoholic breweries have came up, the quality of them has improved as well. I will sure. say that, yeah. Because yeah. there was a time where you wouldn't do it just because it wasn't anything close to a beer. Yeah, because it's just not good. So, on the other hand, we have the hard seltzer, and this is the one we've probably all been wanting to talk about. It's uh, it's being made by almost every brewery you know now, so it's not it's far more available. Uh, it's outselling vodka in the U.S., and the sales are expected to triple by 2023, going from a market share of 0.8 percent to around two or 2.1 percent, according to the IWSR Drinks Market Analysis. And as we mentioned earlier, Constellation Brands is seriously releasing a Corona hard seltzer. Why? I thought this was a thing that was going to be dead with 2019. I honestly thought I, this was this I was would, done. You I know, Four Locos hard seltzer just hit recently. 12% black cherry hard seltzer. Uh, I just, I, I can't. I can't get behind it. I, just, I will. Um, I'm, uh, I will drink. We'll, we will have one in the studio. We will try that. The four logo, four logo seltzer. Oh, I'm down for that. Yeah, I would definitely we'll, we'll do have that. to try it out. Just just based upon the reputation alone. Yeah, sure, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe it'll be better than the other ones I've tried. I just who knows? anytime I've tried any of these other hard hard seltzers, I'm like, no, this is a mixer. I need to add something to it. Just I can't. I am really surprised at the popularity of them. You know, I was around for the wine cooler craze though, so I think it's a lot like that. They're lighter, they're fruity, but here's something that's kind of interesting. Back. Back in the day when the wine cooler craze went on, it was kind of looked at as a, a the girls. Yes. The girls drank it. Yeah, the girls like it. There's claw it. daddies out there. Man. Oh, yeah. There's well, plenty of guys drinking the white claws. They're all concerned that, so. about their figure and the Lower, calories. Yeah. I'm like, you can have a vodka with a mixer that's low-cal and, and low-carb and the same thing with whiskey sure. and, and whatnot. So. You like some vodka with your white claw? Is that what you're saying? I, I, for me to drink white claw, I need some, <laughs> need vodka, some vodka to go yeah. with some, it. Some yeah. Vodka, yeah. A vodka uh, chaser. <laughs> Yeah, it's fitness. It's it's very much tied to fitness right now. I don't know what to make of it. Do you really, buy hard seltzer at home, Brian? I have no. I else? I don't have any I, at all. I at don't. Home. My my brother and his girlfriend do. Shout out to yeah. Lynn. But yeah, they they love it. They buy it. I shake my head at them. And no, a lot of people I, do. I, won't drink it's, it, I mean, no. it's crazy popular. We've got we've seen the big fu to society brewery scofflaw. Here in yeah. Atlanta has yeah. a hard seltzer now, what? you know. So it's something. Uh, Jekyll in Georgia. I'm just thinking of our local breweries. Yeah. I know Jekyll, Scott three taverns, Flaw, does three it. taverns. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're coming out there, and it's going to be there. Yeah, it's it's crazy, crazy to think about that. So Brian, as we wrap this up. Let's take a look at the state of craft beer. Where do things stand with the industry right now? All right. So from the Brewers Association, we have a pretty good picture of what that is. 4% growth year over year, 
550,000 jobs are created, full-time jobs by the, the beer industry. It's contributing about $80 billion to the U.S. economy alone, just a hair under that. We're over 8,000 breweries. We've had around 300 brewery closures, and that's about just under 4%, you know, in terms of closure rate. I'm thinking about this in terms of the actual growth in numbers has to be around 8% for the closures to bring it down 4%. So there's churn. It seems like there's a bit of a churn situation here. Right. I also noted from stories earlier in the year that craft drinkers are less adventurous than they used to be. So the number of people who drink five or more brands a month has actually declined this year. Most people buy just three different brands, and they're less likely to experiment overall. So... I've seen that. I'm a little bit more conservative about what I buy, but it's partially because I have so much beer stockpiled already. Well, that's, yeah, I'm the same way. Because of the nature of what we do, we're drinking, we're drinking more than three or four or five brands a week easily. You know, we drink a lot of different, different beers from different breweries. True, and that. true. But like we talked about earlier in the show, where you think of the the beer geek, the guy who is going out there and, and chasing the. The milkshake IPAs, yes. the Fruit of Berliners and all this stuff, they may, may go to different places. You've got people who are they are getting their 12-pack of their local beer and keeping it at home. Do you realize that 2019 was probably the end of the whales era in beer? Like, people don't chase whales. They chase new releases. That They're not whales anymore. That's slightly heartbreaking to me. Yeah, a little, a little bit, Because right? that was a fun, a fun time yeah. in craft beer. I think there's still some out there. Uh, I... I think the idea of a whale is changing. Yeah. Yes. Too, because the yeah. beers that were whales for us five years ago, they started making more of them. They, they're not as cool as they used to be or whatever it might exactly. be. They're just not as sought after. Super limited, released one time a year, yeah. giants. But now you've got stuff that that's the newest thing that gets released at the uh, the brewery every right. week. And it's but probably we, hazy. But we do still see, maybe not whale status like we're talking, but we still see you know a brewery that releases – a, a fruited Berliner, you know, heavily yeah. fruited Berliner. You know, there's some new drama, Brian, that, that we didn't throw in there. The 450 North Brewing with their ABV issues. Oh, I didn't hear about or this. I've, I've so, been you know, to that 450 North Brewing? Okay, yeah, I've so been they're, there. they're known for their heavily, heavily fruited Berliners. Yeah. And they issued, uh, they said that the ABV on them is 8%. Now, I didn't write this down, so please verify this information that I'm sharing with y'all. But someone took it that worked in a lab and tested it, and the ABV came out like 2.6%. <gasps> so that, that is an ongoing, wow. ongoing situation right now. Someone from 450 North said, basically, we take this serious. We do the best of our ability to tell you accurately what we've got. So they're looking into it. So. That is breaking news. Breaking news. As we're speaking here. Yeah. It's breaking to me. You know what? I think I saw it uh, mentioned by somebody, but I didn't read into it too yeah. much. So. Well, Brian, all in all, a pretty good year in beer. Yeah. Lots of stuff going on. Lots happening. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Thank you all so very much for tuning in with us weekly throughout 2019. We look forward to an amazing 2020. Uh, we're going to take next week off. We're going to yes. relax recover from all the holidays thanks for tuning in have a fantastic new year and don't forget to drink local cheers, cheers.